Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday to all of you, and welcome to this week's episode of Just Saying. Part one, because don't quite have time to record all of the episode in one sitting, so we will be splitting it up. Or we're just bad podcasters. That's probably the correct answer. <laughs> so, enjoy part one today, and look forward for part two tomorrow. Or actually the next day, because it will be posting the day after. Well, as of this recording, yes, but if you're listening to this recording the day it comes out, then it will be out tomorrow. Yeah, because that's how time works. Yesterday's tomorrow. And happy holidays to everybody. Yes. So, thank you so much for clicking, listening to the podcast, and as always... Don't forget to like the episode, subscribe so you don't miss out in the future. But regarding the future, remember, we will not be having a new episode until next year. (laughs) See you next year. (laughs) That's enough. I'm sorry. (laughs) But yeah, we will not be having an episode uh, the next two weeks. But. We will make our return the first week of January. And again, big, big things coming up. Huge. It's going to be huge, Caroline. <laughs> Hashtag no ad. Well, he, he actually passed away. So, Well, I know, but there's like the, the dealership itself is still there. Yeah, but they sold it. It's not owned by the same people. Oh, well. <laughs> Still, we are not sponsored <laughs> nope. by any Kia nope. at all. So, <laughs> Anyways, though, without further ado, we're going to get started. Uh, we're going to be covering baseball and football today. And then in tomorrow's episode, we will be going over basketball and hockey. And whatever else we want to throw in there. That's right. A lot of uh, news in all the four major sports over the last week, actually. Obviously, the biggest we'll get to in just a second. Uh, But a lot of news, some great games, some upsets, specifically in the NFL. So we got quite a bit to talk about today and tomorrow. And first, we're going to start off with the biggest, probably literally the biggest. (laughs) Like, actually. (laughs) Yeah, probably the biggest free agent signing of all time. Of any sport. Shohei Otani, Showtime, is no longer a Los Angeles Angel. Nope. He has signed a contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers, but not just any contract, Shay. Oh, no. What kind of contract did he sign? Just the largest contract in sports history. Sports history? Sports. Ever? In the world. Ever. Wow. 10 years, which that's not unheard of, but for $700 million. $700 million smackaroonies. And with all the endorsements he'll probably get and stuff, that's going to be way over a billion when his time is done. <laughs> yeah. So, literally the biggest contract in sports history. Absolutely. I mean, he deserves it 100% absolutely but that is insane to even fathom stupid money like of all the football is the biggest sport in North America and always will be yeah for sure soccer is the biggest sport in the world and yet here's Shohei Otani (laughs) that's cute (laughs) yeah um so we're gonna break it down for you but want to take it back because we were having discussions all throughout the offseason and during the season, during the playoffs. We thought Otani was going to get, you know, $600 million, You know, was definitely in the realm of possibility. Before his injury. Before he even got injured. Yep. With the injury, and he's not going to be able to pitch until the year after this upcoming season. We were like, okay, you know, it takes a little bit of a hit, but probably should still get like 500 mil 450 mil you know somewhere around there Before but we the wrong. dodgers said 
hold my beer. <laughs> we were uh, a little off. We were too conservative, apparently. <laughs> Some analysts even had him like 400 million, like max. Yeah, because his injury. With the injury. And the Dodgers don't care. They are all in right now. So, yeah, we're, we're going to give you a little breakdown. And I first want to give you some stats that we saw online. With the contract that Shohei Otani just signed, per year, he makes $70 million in terms of the annual cap hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, per game, he makes $430,000. And he doesn't even have to play. Nope. Which means every second, every passing second right now, once that contract is active, he's making $2.22 per second. Yeah. <laughs> I make nineteen twenty-five an hour. Uh, yeah, you're not quite not there. Quite there not yet. quite there. Sorry, Jairus. <laughs> and... I do not have any sort of inherent athletic ability, so I will never get there. Unless you hit the lottery one day, maybe. But even maybe, still, a maybe. $700 million lottery is crazy. Yeah, and with the lottery, as we all know, there are taxes. So I wouldn't even get all of it. But this, the structure of the contract is genius. And apparently, reportedly, it was Shohei's idea. Yeah, so talking about the lottery and taxes leads us into the next part. Shay, how is this contract specifically structured? So his cap hit, yes, for the team is like $70 million a year or whatever. But he's actually bringing in only $2 million every year for 10 years. Okay. So he only gets paid out $20 million in terms of actual money correct over the next 10 years but after that oh, oh boy the rest of the contract he gets right then and there 68 million dollars in actual money so he did this to give the dodgers the playroom the money room the cap room to go build the team around him essentially and make the team a contender which they already were they they've been a contender for the last 10 years but now for the next 10 years they will probably be the odds on favorite to win the world series every single year and the way he structured his contract makes it so much more possible for the dodgers because for at least the next 10 years they can go out sign other people make other trades to make the team even bigger and better without having to worry about all the money they're going to uh, owe Otani because they just deferred it down the line. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers already before Otani was even in the conversation, they they've been contenders for years now over the last seven years, they've been in multiple NLCSs. They've won one world series. They've been in four World Series. Yeah. So, I mean, now signing Otani, like, forget about it. And the fact that he has structured his contract so that they can go out and sign other people is is just even more crazy. Yeah, that just sh- that just shows you that all he wants to do is win, and he's putting the team first to be able to go do exactly that. Yeah. Um, with, with this uh, development with Otani signing and that they can go and add players, we could be looking at the New England Patriots of baseball. For sure. If they win, you know, 10, in the next 10 years, they win, say, five World Series, right? They split. They have, they split in half the years, right? Five World Series championships. That's a success. <laughs> That's a great signing. <laughs> if not more. <laughs> oh, for sure. I would even say like if they win 
two or three, you know, that's already a huge success. But you were also telling me the other day that once this contract is up, like their, their window's closed. Unless they offer him an extension and he signs it and they kick the money further down the road, which would be insane. (laughs) Yeah. Even though he can't pitch next year, just him as a DH, a designated hitter, like still automatic World Series favorites. 100%. And then when he comes back and he can pitch and he pitches like he did this past season, then even more so. Yeah, this year is probably the best chance over the next 10 years, unless he gets injured injured again, which hopefully he doesn't. But this year coming up is the best chance for any other team to world, win the World Series right now. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine in a alternate timeline if the Rays signed him. Well, just imagine if the Blue Jays signed him like everybody thought he was he was going to go do. I feel bad for Blue Jays fans right now. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> but yeah, it was weird because there were a lot of reports that came out that like, yeah, he is signing with the Blue Jays. And then like a couple hours later, they were like, oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> then he put on his Instagram, I'm signing with the Dodgers. Oh. So yeah, but... I did hear that the Blue Jays did make like a huge run at him before he signed with the Dodgers. And apparently the San Francisco Giants offered him the same contract. Yep. And he picked the Dodgers still. So that rivalry is only going to get worse now because all those Giants fans are going to be very salty. Yeah. So like we said, this contract, huge implications in sports and baseball the largest contract ever to be signed. I was looking at other contracts. The only, the contract highest in terms of like the annual salary was Messi's four year, $674 million contract. But I, four years. Yeah. But either than that, like this is huge. Yeah. (laughs) A huge contract makes the LA, the Los Angeles Dodgers automatic contenders for the next decade exactly and again being able to go out and sign more players we could see a patriots situation and there are no opt-outs for this deal unless the dodgers owner or president of baseball operations leaves the dodgers there are no opt-outs so both sides are stuck with this contract which is also insane. No opt-outs, no trade clause, everything. Yeah, I was I was reading somewhere the other day, I saw it on a Facebook post, that his per-year cap hit is more money than, like, at least eight teams' entire payroll. Yes. <laughs> what? And that means, like, all the players on that team combined, that's their payroll. His What he's making per year, one guy is higher than eight teams' entire payroll. Which just shows you he is a unicorn. And once, not even once in a generation, once in like five generations. Yeah. If, like, if you're not a baseball fan, like, Otani will make you want to watch baseball. Oh, for sure. We, we are witnessing, like, the Babe Ruth of the century right now yeah, of our time yeah. might even be better yes 100 percent. so if you haven't watched him in a game please do and then when he comes back and pitches watch him again yeah. and again and again and the dodgers aren't done reportedly the only other news that i think we both have found noteworthy in baseball at least other than this is the hottest other free agent right now, also from Japan, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Sorry if I butchered that. He has met with multiple teams. Like today, as of this recording, he met with the Phillies. But reportedly, the Dodgers are also front runners for this hot pitcher from Japan. Yeah, and at the meeting, there was stars like Shohei Otani. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They are definitely making a run at him. If they get him, too, like, 
then you don't even this is need a, this is a three-time pitch. Japanese MVP. Yeah. You don't even you don't have to worry about Shohei pitching then. He's not pitching next year. <laughs> Sorry, we, we have this other incredible Japanese talent that actually pit just pitches. <laughs> so yeah, this this is insane. Like if if they do sign Yamamoto, I I mean, I'm picking the Dodgers to win the World Series for the next five years. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm just glad he's not in our division. And either one of us will only have to see him once a year. So, <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, Jake, but we're a little, we're a little glad he didn't go to the Blue Jays. Very, yeah. Not a little, very glad. <laughs> he also saw this today broke the Fanatics record for most jerseys sold in 24 hours. Oh, yeah. The of record, any sport. The record previously held by Lionel Messi's Inter-Miami jersey. Yep. Of any sport. He broke. Insane. Insane. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, insane contract. You know, look up all the details if you're interested. Let us know what you think. Did the Dodgers make a huge mistake? If you do think that, I don't know why. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> like, because he's probably worth every penny. Yep, I would say so. So, but yeah, let us know uh, down in the Q and A, the polls that we post. Get in on the discussion and anything else we talk about. We would love to engage with you guys. And next, you know, starting next year, we're gonna be working on that more. Mm -hmm. You know, so get on the discussions. Let us know your thoughts and. You know, we'll be happy to chat with you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, the only other thing I have for the MLB is right after we recorded last week, the details of the Juan Soto trade were confirmed. So, the Yankees acquire outfielder Juan Soto and outfielder Trent Grisham, and the Padres acquire right-handed pitchers Michael Keane, Drew Thorpe, Johnny Brito, and Randy Vasquez, and uh, center Kyle Higashoka. And I butchered that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so this is also a very big trade. Yeah, the Yankees lineup is going to be terrifying to go up against for any team. Um, but that doesn't solve what was their main issue last year, which was their pitching. They only really have Garrett Cole. So. I'm kind of surprised to see them give up some pitchers in return for Soto. Not that Soto's not worth it. He is um, another powerhouse hitter. Him, Judge, and Giancarlo Stanton, the meat of that order. Oh, my God. That's going to be terrifying. But they're going to need that lineup, that offense, to score a lot of runs because right now, based off of last year they don't have the pitching to back that up yeah and other than that there's still some notable free agents that are still on the market yes there are so you know we'll see see where they go see where they sign you know and which teams make a run uh um i'm not too like familiar with the rays lineup but i know like during the playoffs are hitting went cold so I don't know like exactly where we need to improve, but you know, definitely your, your guys is hitting. Um, reportedly you're, the Rays are looking to get rid of Randy and Rosarena, which blows my mind. Uh, I, I think I did hear about that. I don't know why you would get rid of a good power hitter like that, especially one that holds a home run record in the postseason now, but that's beyond me. I, I don't know, but that's reportedly though. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Any other maybe there's a team that comes out of nowhere and makes a big trade. Yep. Never know. Still have a few months left till spring training, so but I think with that we're done with baseball, so we're gonna move on to football. We got a lot to discuss with that too. Yep. Football this past weekend was crazy weekend. Um we're getting down to crunch time. The game's starting to mean more and playoff hopes are either staying alive or getting crushed. And 
man, it was a crazy week. So th- back on Thursday night, the Patriots got the upset over the Steelers. Believe it or not. But reports came out. It was either yesterday or the day before that supposedly Bill Belichick is already it was already determined after they lost to the Colts a few games ago that Bill Belichick and the Patriots are parting ways after the end of the season. Yeah, it's been officially confirmed. I'm sure Robert Kraft, the owner, you know. No, no, not officially. The reports. Ownership has not come out, or Bill Belichick has not come out and said that they're true, that it's confirmed. Oh, okay. Well, I definitely (laughs) believe that it's probably done. I would be shocked. The greatest coach of all time, a man that gave you seven Super Bowl rings and trophies. He has one year left on his contract at, anyway after this year. If anyone deserves to do one last year to try and prove himself and turn the team around, it would be Bill Belichick. So it's definitely possible. I'm not saying it's not possible. It's definitely possible, especially after their Super Bowl in 2018, the team has not performed well, especially this year, obviously. But I would still be shocked if they parted ways. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, obviously, you want to give the guy, like we said before, a lot of respect. He came in to the organization, completely turned that team around and turned them into one of the best, not just football teams, of all time throughout their reign, but like one of the best sports teams in general. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Throughout their entire reign. So but we'll, we'll see if those turn out to be true. Still a few games left. And, um, and the Patriots, they were officially eliminated. That is correct. Even Math- though they were mathematically won. <laughs> eliminated. So. That's right. Uh, the Ravens went to overtime against the Los Angeles Rams but they won on a 76-yard punt return for a touchdown, um, which is crazy. I saw that, too. Ravens are still number one in the AFC, and we'll get to that a little later. Uh, the Bucks beat the Falcons, and now there's a, essentially a three-way tie for first place in the NFC South. The Bucks currently hold the tiebreaker, but the Bucks, Falcons, and Saints are all 6-7. and seven in a division that nobody wants to win. Tank division showdown. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, The Bengals upset the Colts and win back-to-back games without Burrow. They won 34 to 14. Jake Browning, he's looking great. I know the uh, a rookie running back for the Bengals had a really strong and impressive performance against the Colts. They're still in the hunt for the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, you know, with with teams like the Steelers, they've won, they've lost their last two games. I mean, I mean, I don't want to be like, sound like a bandwagon or anything, but once Joe Burrow got injured and it was confirmed he was going to be out for the season, I was just like, all right, we're done. Yeah. But, you know, Jake Browning, incredible story. And uh, Joe Burrow's been very supportive of, of him. He's been at, you know, he's been at all the games. He's been at the practices. And I read he even gave up his personal suite so that Browning's family yeah. could, could stay mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Which was pretty cool. So that was awesome. But, yeah, the Bengals, they're, they won their last two. They're, they're making their final push. So, you know, if they get in, I mean, you never know. No, you all don't. you have to do is get in. That's right. Moving on to your other team. The Browns upset the Jags with a 31 to 27 win. Old Joe Flacco came out of retirement, came off the practice squad, practice squad for the Browns, throws three touchdowns over 300 yards passing, and they upset the Jags. Looked like Ravens, Joe Flacco. Yeah. That game. Exactly. Uh, Jags, are they even going to make the playoffs? I, I think they'll be all right. With yeah. the with the division that they're in, the the good news is for this week that everybody in their division lost, mm-hmm. so that definitely helps us. 
I was very surprised when they said that Trevor Lawrence was starting after the ankle injury he yeah. suffered mm-hmm. on Thursday, which if you didn't see it, it looked really bad. So yeah, I was very surprised they started. Um, didn't obviously did not play very well. No. So you know maybe they, you know, brought him back too soon. You know maybe maybe rest him up, but. They did. Uh, they did sign uh, Nathan Rourke to the official roster, the active roster today. So, I think you'll also win your division, but I don't think you're going beyond that. I don't think you're going beyond the wild card round. If uh, if Lawrence doesn't doesn't play like you know we know he can, then no. Yeah. Last last season. You know, that was a great comeback win against the Chargers when they were down 27 to 0 after the half. Mm-hmm. But that was all the defense. Yeah. So, unless unless Lawrence improves and takes that next step, you know, that yeah, then we're not going nowhere. Yeah. Staying in the AFC South, the Jets upset the Texans 30 to 6. Zach Wilson had a great game as quarterback. Um CJ Stroud though went out of that game and is currently in the concussion protocol, which sucks. Sucks, yeah. The definitely like front runner for rookie of the year for sure. For sure, yeah. Sad, sad to see him get knocked out. Hopefully he recovers quickly because he is he is such a a good player to watch. Yeah, I haven't seen if he'll be available this week if he's cleared the concussion protocol or not, um, but. I would imagine not because watching the video, he slammed the back of his head on the turf yeah. in that game. And um, and uh, with the Jets, Zach Wilson um, reportedly will be traded. Yep, I saw that too. They He had a meeting with staff and the coach and they quote-unquote mutually agreed to part ways after after this season's done. Which I don't think is a bad bad move for either side really no it's not it's not a surprise i mean wilson has had some good like good games here and there but not a second overall pick yeah type of qb so uh we'll see what it would be interesting to see what they would get in return you know when they do trade him uh yeah i don't know but also another quarterback for the jets aaron Rodgers. Apparently, his timeline is he will be cleared by Christmas to come back and play, which would be, again, insane. Yes. Like only four months after torn Achilles. <laughs> Not ACL. Not ACL. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that would be insane. And with the Jets win, they're still in the playoff hunt. They, they need a lot of help, and they need to win a lot of the rest of their games. Um, but you never know if they can just hang on and get Aaron Rodgers back. Ugh, they could do it. It's definitely possible that with how, with how weak the AFC East is right now. Yep. It's definitely possible, but I do think they would need to win out. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, before we get going, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, thank you everyone for listening, hanging in there. The rest of the NFL on the other side. We'll see you soon. Welcome back, everyone. After that very short break, hopefully you didn't click off. (laughs) If you did, please come back. Although you can't hear me. Exactly. So we left off with football and we're going to continue with football. Finish football out and this part one to our final episode of the year. Part two coming out soon. Again, happy holidays, everybody celebrating the various holidays around this time of year. Hope uh, if you have some snow and if you like snow, hope you're enjoying the snow. We don't get snow. Don't eat the yellow snow. Yeah, don't eat the yellow snow. Uh, we don't get snow here, so, you know, 
we don't get to enjoy it. But it's been pretty nice out in the 70s. Got a little cold a few days ago. So, All right. The Bears upset the Lions 28 to 13. Now, wow, was a division game, so they're always going to be tough, right? But that's back-to-back losses now. Are the Lions in trouble after their crazy hot start? Yeah, um, it doesn't, you know, what they say, it doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. Yeah. And over the last two games, the Lions have not looked good. No. At all. Like, any any aspect. Yeah, it's the defense was playing bad. Uh, Jared Goff was playing bad. Couldn't really find like a a positive. No, not at all. So, but Dan Campbell, he's my favorite coach in the league. And if anybody can turn it around for this team, it's definitely him. I have all the faith in Dan Campbell for sure. Yeah, I think they'll be able to turn it around. Um, if I were a Lions fan, though, never have even made it to the Super Bowl before. Haven't been to the playoffs in like 60 years or something. I would be a little worried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a big hockey fan, so I always talk about the Maple Leafs, how they have not won a cup since 67. But I think Detroit Lions fans have been through a lot more pain. Yeah. Probably one of the most cursed fan bases in all of sports for sure but even if hey at this point making the playoffs this year would be a huge success for for sure something to build upon definitely moving on the saints crush the panthers the panthers woes for the year just continue basically solidifying the bears will get the number one pick for the draft uh Saints won twenty eight to six, so but it's okay. The Panthers don't have to worry about making the playoffs now because they were eliminated. Yeah, um, they were the first team there's, eliminated. So that, but they're not going to get the number one pick because it goes to the Bears. So did they? Did they? Uh, why do they have the number one pick again? Because. Uh, the Bears traded them their number one pick last year for the number one pick this year. Oh. Or for the Bears or for the Panthers pick this year. If the Panthers didn't suck this year, then they wouldn't be getting the number one pick. <laughs> but because they do, the Bears will now have the number one pick. And with the way their record is, probably another top 10 pick in the first round as well. And they also have another first round pick later in the draft. Oh, wow. So is that like is that like the worst outcome for the Panthers for that trade or because they got Bryce Young then it's not like as bad? Well, it's definitely the for the foreseeable future the worst outcome because the Panthers like Bryce Young he hasn't played well, but he's not the issue. Like he was he's a rookie. It's the entire team that hasn't played well. So now they're not going to be able to get that top tier that that doesn't always work out, obviously, or a lot of times it doesn't work out, but still the potential of that top tier first round pick to try and help the team on either side of the ball, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I mean, I know, like we said before, Bryce Young, he's been labeled as a bust by a lot of people that I've seen, but he's on the Panthers. Yeah. If CJ Stroud was on the Panthers, I think he would be having a very tough time too. Yeah, pretty similar season, I'm sure. So Bryce Young just needs time. And I don't think it's fair to judge rookies their first even two years. Like their third year is when they really start to grasp the idea of the NFL. Because the NFL game compared to the college game is so different. Everything moves so much faster compared to college. The guys are so much bigger and stronger compared to college. And then just the play calling and the different schemes and all that are so much more complex compared to college. So you need to give any Panthers fans out there, you need to give Bryce Young time. Uh, The coaching situation was terrible. The team itself is terrible. 
You need to give him time. Yeah, for sure. Moving on. We had what was probably the worst game of the year. The worst game of the year? Worst I mean, and the there's year. been some pretty bad games this year. The Vikings and Raiders are the first game since 2017 to enter the fourth quarter scoreless. Okay. So so it was a very high scoring fourth quarter, right? Oh no. Josh Dobbs ended up getting benched. And the backup will be starting next week, by the way. But no, the Vikings won the game three to nothing. <laughs> wow. Isn't that like the lowest lowest scoring game too since like 2007? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Literally nobody wanted to win that game. <laughs> Why is it with the Vikings that every single win they get has to be by one score? I don't know. It has to follow that rule. It's pretty weird. It is weird. I think last season, like every win they had was one score. Almost. Uh, almost every win. They were 11 and 0 in one score games last season. But yeah, th- three, three to nothing. Um, so I'm so sorry if you watch that game, if you're a Raiders fan or a Vikings fan. I'm so sorry. That must have been painful. I don't know if it was worse, though, and I think we'll get to it, but the Chargers and was the no, it was last week. The Chargers and Patriots game last week. Six to nothing. Six to nothing. No touchdowns, two field goals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was worse. Only one field goal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I I thought that was the worst game was the Chargers and Patriots, but I was wrong. It can get way worse. <laughs> yeah. The only way now it could get worse if there's a 0-0 tie, which has never happened. So I was just about to ask that there ever had been a 0-0 tie. Nope. It's never happened. We almost got it last week. We were pretty close. Oh, moving on, though, away from the worst game of the year. Uh, the Niners beat Seattle. I think it was 28-16. to uh, but a brawl ended up erupting with the two minutes left in the game. DK Metcalf, one of the great receivers in the league for uh, Seattle, got in the face of one of the 49ers defenders, started punching and pushing, and then every team, or not every team, both teams' benches cleared, and there was a big brawl. It was pretty crazy. Wow. I've also heard for the DK Metcalf that, He's had a problem this year with like taking penalties and stuff. So he's like a very emotional player. Yeah, unsportsmanlike so that, conduct penalties, yeah. yeah. So that doesn't really surprise me all that much. No, he he's a very emotional player and this year specifically has been really frustrating for him. Um he's not happy. Which is understandable. Seattle is below expectations for the year. So it's not, I agree, it's not surprising. But at the same time, you're a professional athlete. You can't let that you gotta happen. You got to play the game. And we'll get to why that 49ers win was, was significant in a moment when we get to the playoff standings. The Broncos roll right past the Chargers after their loss last week. They bounce back with a win. Justin Herbert ends up leaving the game due to a finger injury. And he's put on the IR now. So he's going to miss at the very least the next four games, which is only five games left in the season. Um, with a broken finger, I do believe. Broken index finger, or fractured index finger, something like that. So he's now out, which sucks because I love Justin Herbert, one of my favorite quarterbacks, up with Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. It's also going to be a season ending. Right, the so, Herbert, yeah, injury. So which, which is just another blow to a very disappointing season by the Chargers. Yeah, uh, their head coach Brandon Staley, he's probably done after this year. Just saying. <laughs> Buffalo, the Bills, edge out the Chiefs to remain in the playoff hunt, while the Chiefs do fall to eight and five. And there was a bit of controversy. Yeah, the uh, very last play of the game, um, 
Patrick Mahomes throws it to Travis Kelsey, gets in within like 15 yards of the goal line and laterals it mm-hmm. to another Chiefs player, runs it in Tony. for a touchdown. Yep. Chiefs win. Right? Not so fast. <laughs> Offside, past the line of scrimmage, is the call. And the Chiefs have to go back. Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes flipped out after the game. Like, went to the sideline, threw his helmet down, screaming and yelling at the refs, which, for Patrick Mahomes, that's not normal. He doesn't lose his emotions like that. After the game, during the press conference, Patrick Mahomes said it was an embarrassment for the league, embarrassment for football. Andy Reid, their head coach, who I love, you know, former head coach of the Eagles, said the same thing, echoed the same sentiments. He said, too, like, that apparently they're usually given warnings Mm -hmm. for calls like that. Yep. Which I find kind of weird. So they're given warnings as to, like, before the snap is called or maybe, like, right when the players line up, the ref will be like, hey, just, just so you know, you got to back up a little bit just like that. Not, not a thing like, Hey, like right before the ball is snapped. Hey, move back. You're off sides. Like it's right as they line up a good five, 10 seconds before the ball is snapped. Hey, you might want to back up a little bit, which like, I understand like that's nice and all that's a little leniency from the refs. Right. But looking at the replay, his toe, he was off sides. He was lined up in the neutral zone on the line of scrimmage. So the refs gave the correct call. Like it was the correct penalty, which sucks because that would have probably been the greatest play of the season by far. But you lined up offsides. Like you can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the call is the call. Um, You know, there was refs that came out and said that they agreed with the call. Mm -hmm. They said, Warning or not, doesn't matter. Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the league, came out today and was talking about the officiating and stuff like that, how it's a process, but the call for the Chiefs-Bills game was the correct call, and there's no apologies needed, which, it's the call. (laughs) Yeah. Be mad all you want, but your player lined up offsides. Yeah, I mean, I understand Patrick Rome's emotional, you know, it's just, how the game went for them they you know they weren't they've been like they have been the last few weeks not very like consistent right and they they've lost another one you know and they're the ravens are number one right right now Mm -hmm. yeah so they're they're barely like right there with the ravens so you know just just didn't go their way so the motions boiled over nope. which i mean everyone that's saying that patrick Rones is like a baby and stuff i mean like i get it but you know sometimes sometimes the emotions just flood out yeah i i get the emotional part calling it an embarrassment an embarrassment for the league and for football though for me personally that's too far a little extreme yeah that dude your teammate was offsides that's literally the call. You literally won the Super Bowl last year because a ref made a call. So. Happens all the time, not just in football, but in, in all sports. Yeah. So I think, just relax. You know, a few years ago when the Lightning won the Cup in uh, 2021, Game 7 of the uh, Eastern Conference Final, there was a controversial call. They didn't They didn't call a too many men on the ice for Tampa mm-hmm. and Tampa won the game and the Islanders were very upset yeah. that that call wasn't made, but it happens. Yeah. Moving on. Sunday night, the Cowboys beat the Eagles pretty bad. Eagles did not score any offensive touchdowns. Uh, Cowboys are now 20 and Oh, in Dallas, or last, or in Austin, I should say, but twenty zero at home, right? I don't. I think it is. I think it is. Um, 
an extended record like they're continuing to add to their the record now um dallas looked really good dak prescott looked looked good except for his uh fumble eagles continue to struggle continue to have problems on both sides of the ball i expected us to lose as an eagles fan because we usually split the series with the cowboys every year um now we've had two bad losses in a row okay now this team is facing some big adversity here now we have the seahawks on monday night football this week how are we going to respond that's that's where my head's at because there's not a lot to be happy about right now yeah the last couple games i do agree but definitely against the cowboys that was definitely a lot worse of a game than last week against the 49ers yeah and that game was for the lead in the nfc east correct um We'll get to the standings in just a second. But there were two, there was a double header Monday night. Both were upsets. The Giants, the Italian Paisan, Tommy DeVito, new quarterback for the Giants, beat the Packers 24 to 22 in the final minutes of the game. Jordan Love did not have his best game for the Packers, uh, but they were leading. And the Giants went down the field and won the game, 24-22. Shocker. And the Titans upset the Dolphins at the end of the game, 28-27. to Yeah, um, I, I watched that game. I turned it off. The final three minutes, the Titans score, what, two touchdowns? Like 14 unanswered points? Uh, yeah, a touchdown and a... Uh... Two-point conversion and a touchdown and an extra point. Yeah. In the final three minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the first time it's happened, but it's definitely been a while. It's the first time a team that was down 14 with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter came back to win. The first time since 1976. Yeah, so... That was crazy. Definitely a huge collapse for the Dolphins. Yes. Very disappointing loss. And the Dolphins still lead their division. But Correct. They, they are right now well out of the race for the first seed in the FC. Well, not quite. So here we go to the playoff standings, as they currently are. Uh, the Ravens are in first place in the AFC at 10 and 3. The Dolphins are in second at 9 and 4. So they're a game behind. Uh the Chiefs are in third at 8 and 5. The Jaguars are in fourth 8 and 5. Um but <laughs> the Jags play the Ravens this week, so good luck. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> good luck. Uh fifth, the Browns 8 and 5. Steelers are 6, 7 and 6 and the Colts have the last wild card spot right now at seven and six with <laughs> the Texans, Broncos, Bengals, and Bills all on the bubble at seven and six. <laughs> so AFC's wild, but the NFC's just as wild right now. The 49ers hold the number one seed at 10 and three. They have well, hold on one sec. The Cowboys have the number two seed and lead the NFC East at 10 and three. The Lions still hold the lead for the NFC North in their third at nine and four. The Bucks first in the NFC South at, in the six, tank division. at, six, at and seven. six and seven. The Eagles are fifth at 10 and three. The, Cal- the 49ers, Cowboys and Eagles, those are 10 and three teams in the NFC East, right? The Niners, or the Eagles have the easiest record to finish out the season. We have the Seahawks, which is going to be a tough game. Then you have the Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Now, the Giants are division games, so I would expect it to not be as easy as people think. 
the Cowboys have the hardest schedule. They have the Bills coming up. Uh, Sunday night football, I believe. The Bills. The Ravens are in there. And then somebody else. And then, <laughs> and then the 49ers have the second easiest. They play the Cardinals this week. Then they go play the Ravens, which is the two number one seed showdown potential Super Bowl match. That's going to be crazy. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the six, In sixth place, the Vikings are at seven to six. The Packers, six at seven, hold the final wild card spot right now. And um, just like the AFC, the Rams, Seahawks, Falcons, and Saints are all six and seven and are all in the bubble to get into the playoffs. So it's a wild time trying wow. to f- figure out who's going to make the playoffs right now as we near the end of the season. But I'm all for it. Yeah. Makes for a lot more exciting football. And a lot more for us to talk about. So. Oh, quick though, too, during the uh, Bills and Chiefs game, we saw that uh, Vaughn Miller was playing. Yes, after he was arrested the week prior for allegedly assaulting a pregnant woman. Which was, I was very, very surprised that they let him play. No updates on that as of right now, but I was also very surprised to see it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because like in, for example, baseball with the Wander Franco situation for the Rays, nothing's been confirmed yet with the investigation, but right when it was announced, they made him clear out his locker. He left, took down all his posters, and it's like he wasn't even there. Yeah, still he's still technically with the team, but he's also not. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very surprised Vaughn Miller is playing. Yeah, played. Very surprised. But that will do it for part one of our last episode of the year. We're just saying. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Hope you like, comment, subscribe across all our various platforms. Hope you guys have a happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, happy New Year, whatever you guys celebrate. Um, Hope it's a wonderful time with friends and family and make sure you stay safe, please. And we will be back next year, bigger and better than ever after our part two. Yeah. But I can't say see you next year yet because we have part two. No, we will see you guys tomorrow for part two. Thank you for listening.